Episode 93 of Gaming and BS, where we discuss board and card games. Welcome to Gaming and BS, a tabletop RPG podcast where we talk about the tabletop RPGs and other miscellaneous topics of geekery. I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Welcome back to the show. And for anyone just joining us, thank you for listening. Yes, 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 yes. Announcements. Yeah, what do we got? Our trivia contest is live, has been up. Um, we have a few entries in and, um, well, thank you, thank you. And uh, we do it, like I said, a few entries are in. We'll share some of the more creative ones on episode 100. Um, visit thegamingnbs.com forward slash trivia 100. By submitting your answers there, you'll be entered in to win some swag. This thing will end uh, pretty much shortly after episode 99. So pay attention, stay sh- stay frosty, folks, and get your stuff in there so we can do that. We got, uh, I think we had some dice bags, some other cool stuff. We'll see what we can pull together. Oh, um, speaking of cool stuff being pulled together, one of our BSers, Michael Drescher, a uh, friend of the show, write, writes in to us often, um, has a Dungeon World adventure, the Carlsberg Catacombs. <laughs> yes, yes. Mr. Drescher has that published by Myth Fox Games. And if I read the tea leaves correctly, it should be on DriveThruRPG pretty darn soon. Michael was kind enough to give Sean and I a preview, and it looks pretty sharp. I like it. And it's uh, having played, finally played Dungeon World, with Mr. Chris Sneezak from Mr. Mark having uh, mucked around with it, kind of fun. And, you know, oftentimes when I start a new game, I like to look at some of the, uh, some adventure examples. You know, how do people put stuff together? How do they build it? And uh, I think what uh, Mr. Drescher has put together here is a good starting point for folks. So very well done, Mike. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Um, and to be clear on the trivia contest, if you get all the answers wrong, but you submit your email address, you will still be entered to win um, some swag, which we are still kind of consolidating and getting. So we're gathering. We have to go through yeah. the uh, the pile of all the all the coins and the the stuff that the misdirected mark guys gather every episode that they've been funneling over to us. We've been combing through that. For a couple of lost gems and bits of knowledge and other goodies. So we'll see what we can pull together. So we have seven weeks. You have seven weeks to enter. I think we'll do it. Uh, I think on episode 100, we'll divulge the answers, Brett. There we go. That's a good call. And uh, we'll maybe do the drawing on the air or something along those lines. That'll so work. <clears throat> yeah. this, this, folks, this is an insight to actually how Sean and Brett plan everything. I think you're going to do. I think we'll do this sort of thing. Okay. Hey, sounds good to me. Oh, we do that. Sure. Let's go live right now. There we go. <laughs> Uh, and the, another point, uh, farewell to the Accidental Survivor podcast. If you've never heard of Accidental Survivors, it's Rob Frazier, uh, or Rob Wakefield, uh, Frazier, Frazier's, I forgot Frazier's last name, Frazier Reynolds, Frazier, Chris Goth. Um, they have been around for 10 years and they- Holy they, shit. 10 they years are, in podcasting. Yeah. They're one of the podcasts that I started out listening to because they were one of the few modern RPG podcasts. Like okay. They covered modern RPGs. Oh, um, okay. They've they changed here and there, and they they have been going on and off, right? So they've so let me preface this too. They are they're kind of calling it or hanging it up, but they're not. So they have come to the conclusion that they are just not going to be consistent. It's not going to happen, and they're making that announcement. That doesn't mean that they won't ever get on the mics again, but for 
you know, setting your watch to them or setting your calendar to listen to their show, it's just not going to happen. So you could keep the feed and when they drop an episode, you'll probably get it. But for all intents and purposes, they are not going to uh, stay within, you know, doing it consistently. So they're kind of saying like, we're kind of hanging it up, but if we get on the mics and record something, we will. Well, I mean, that's kind of, I mean, that honestly, that's a classier way to go out than in my opinion, than just a weird little pod fade. We're like, are they here? Did they fall off the planet? I mean, uh, Ron and Christian from the Savage Bloggers did this, did a, another classy thing a while back, right? When we said, Hey, they said, Hey, we're going to be done. This is why. They pointed people at some other good stuff. At least the folks at Accidental Survivor are saying, hey, here's what we're doing, why, and uh, here's how we're going to go forward with it. So that's that's pretty cool, as opposed to just kind of turning into something no one quite knows what's going on about. This way, it's a little more formally announced. That's not that's smart. Good move. Yeah, and I met those guys at Gen Con 2011. Uh, it is Fraser Ronald. Um, and really, really nice. They're Canadian fellows, so of course they're nice. Anyways, I have nothing to say to that. I've, I've, I've yet to meet a rude Canadian. <laughs> All right, let's get into anything else. No, yeah. I think we're good. All right, let's get into Random Encounter. Random Encounter, a segment of the show where we field emails, voicemails, comments from social media. We've got a few this week. Um, you want to start, Brett? Uh, I can do that. All right, Ed Nagy emails us. Roger B invited me up to his igloo the other day. Turn- <laughs> it's, <laughs> the two, it's the two, the only two guys that live in Maine. Exactly, the only two gamers that live in Maine. Uh, it turns out uh, that Roger needed somebody to work on uh, his crank, uh, work the crank on his wind up MP3 player while we poured drinks for the other floor players here in the state. Anyway, you guys were... Because that's what you do. Which is as you do. Right. Anyway, you guys were on there blathering away about magic items and other bits of goodness. I thought I'd share a couple of well-chilled thoughts. Excellent. A friend and I are running a two-table, one-world, 5e game for a weekly group of about 20 players. Normally, quote-unquote, only about 16 of them show up on any given night. We run two-session episodic stories and mix up the players between each arc. We realize a couple of things about magic items for this crew. A lot of them get ignored at the bottom of a backpack. Some of them would be inconveniently absent any given week with missing players, and we didn't want to have enough magic to uh, we didn't want to have enough magic to make it fair. Early parties uh, with ten magic items would get a little crazy. <clears throat> so we decided that the crews are working for a village, and the village elders collect the found treasure, whether uh, what are, edible, whether edible, magical, or util or utilitarian, from the crew after each adventure. They then dole out items for a specific adventure if they have a reason to believe it will be useful, meaning we, the DMs, have a reason to believe it will be interesting. Boom. Lessened magic items. The other thing I thought uh, was that magic items that stay hidden in the DMG are like secret doors that aren't found. Fun for the writer, maybe fun for the GM, but completely useless when it comes to player fun. I'm in a game that seems like it would be completely overpowered, crazy magic items, fast leveling, and all sorts of nonsense. Uh, somehow the DM keeps coming up with interesting storylines and challenging obstacles. We get to feel like awesome sauce with all our finger fingers of Vecna and still have to work to succeed. Not sure how he does it, though. Gotta go stoke that stove and tap the maple trees. Keep the BS, <laughs> Edwin. Oh, keep, up the BS, keep up dude. the BS, Keep up the BS. Sorry, got a little... Get a little sidetracked by the P.S. Both Nagy and uh, Nagy are fine. Uh, Nagy and Nagy are fine. I would normally go with Nagy. Nagy. Good God, I can't do any of this right. Definitely try to get to North Texas RPG Con on your itinerary. So, 
Ed, I uh, instead of butchering your last name, I will call you Ed. <laughs> That's <laughs> what I'll do. You, we will go forth. I will and go you forth. Will be known as, as Ed. Ed. That's much easier. <laughs> Sorry, we don't go by my last name either. It's Blazinski. It's a pain in the ass. Anyway, <laughs> and his is much easier. Oh, good lord, Sean! Over to you. Now that I've insulted what, one of the only five gamers in all of Maine, I've insulted half of them. Now I think. Carry on, Angela. Angela writes, hey guys, love the episode on humor. It's one of those things that is an important part of gaming, but people's tastes on what's just the right amount can vary wildly. Yeah, like podcasting too, right? Humor humor and podcasting. Yes. We think we're hilarious. (laughs) Nobody else cares. (laughs) We we do think we're hilarious. We do. do. Everybody else is like, you know, you're freaking annoying as hell. What's wrong with these two guys anyway? Anyway, carry on. I I meant to download a laugh track. God damn it. That's okay. I got to get that. The the, the stony silence to our jokes is actually more accurate than a laugh track. Carry on. All right. I end up walking a fine line with the games I run. I need and want humor in there, but I also want the emotions my players feel to be honest and real. Games that are too over the top end up losing me. The times I've tried Tune or Paranoia weren't actually that much fun, and I got bored since nothing actually mattered. The games I enjoy running and playing are a little closer in tone to to Buffy the Vampire Slayer or any of the Marvel Cinematic Universe movies. They both have laughs, but the serious moments are still taken seriously. I want my players having fun, but I also want them invested in the game. When things get too silly, none of the other emotions can come into play. Basically, everything gets lost in poop jokes. And and we've all been there. <laughs> we've all been there. Poop jokes. Yes. Oh, and I did lose a game to humor once. Never try and run for a bunch of drunks on St. Patrick's Day. I'm sorry, Angela, that sounds like a horrible idea right out of the bag. Yeah, I'm not sure why. <laughs> yeah, okay. I attempted oh to God. I attempted a Monster of the Week game that went completely wacky from the get-go. All the players had fun, but it was an exercise in damage control and hurting drunken monkeys. Ay, ay, ay. Yikes, indeed. I also had a couple of thoughts on your listeners' GMing problems. Oh, excellent. I believe Mr. Matt is who she's referring to. Yes. Rather than changing her character, so got to set this up a little bit for people that won't know what the hell they're talking about, unless they started at one. And work their way forward, which is the only way to understand the depth of Matt's questioning. Correct. Matt's, Matt's issue that he was talking to us about was he had a, a woman playing with him, and she feels that her character is superfluous, uh, an extra, overshadowed by others. And uh, Matt had said, hey, you want to remake your character? You want to do something a little bit different? Um, and so on. So... Angela is responding to that. Correct. So one thing he could try is incorporating more of her PC's background into the game rather than just the class. Maybe her arcane trickster was part of a thieves guild and a rival shows up with a grudge to settle. Perhaps something she stole turns out to be more than she thought and is being used in a plot to assassinate the king. A desperate and mysterious letter arrives from an old friend pleading for her help. Tie in the character's background and the overlap in skill sets can become less troublesome. I could go on for hours about topics like that, but I'll stop here. Angela, that is a damn good stuff right there. Matt, hopefully you, you listen to this one. I think what Angela Angela totally dug into something Sean and I uh, play, plain forgot 
didn't even dig into last time, but that's a damn good thing. One of the things we've talked about in the past is the player character background. How sometimes it gets ignored, or and that that concept is of the truth is at the table. And if it doesn't come up at the table, it doesn't exist. This is an opportunity potentially for that player to and you as game master to pull some of that really cool character background out and uh, boom, center stage. That's pretty cool. That's a yeah. Good put idea. Her, put the spotlight on her character, and then uh, then the redundancy may get may not be a big deal. Yeah, because you may be maybe class or skill redundant, but your background and the character itself is not. So that's kind of cool. P.S. Brett, I wanted to pick your brain on OSR games, but I wasn't sure how to contact you directly without also bugging Sean. So she sent an email in that said, "Who is more OSR?" That'd be me. Right. Yes. Yes, and so um, who would be Brett? I think I think that's me, Sean. I gotcha. So <laughs> she she may reach out to you about something. Oh, perfect. Yeah, that would be cool. Yes, I think you can go. Uh, thank you, uh, for, Thank you. For, we didn't thank him for writing oh, in. Good grief, Angela! Ed, thank you very much. We, did we add, did we thank Ed too? Yeah, I thanked I thanked Ed profusely after butchering his last name, even though he gave me multiple ways to pronounce it. I still fucked it up. So I thanked Ed. You've we've now thanked Angela. Yes, thank you, Angela. Yes. So we've got Scott. Scott emails us in, says, hey, <clears throat> excuse me, this doesn't need to go into the podcast. Just wanted to drop you a line. Well, too bad, Scott. Yeah, it's we're putting now. it in there anyway, Scott. Booyah. Really like the latest episode on humor and gaming sessions. I personally aim for a Firefly slash Supernatural level, 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 good God, of humor in most sessions. Brett cannot speak. Humor at opportune times. Take a break from and support the story slash drama. Excellent point on using players to help keep the humor from getting uncontrollable. I also want to mention at one point, I, for whatever reason, focused on a um, just a snippet of what Sean was saying and busted up at Golden Chicken Exotic Spices. Sounds like my Chinese food order. <laughs> I have no idea if you guys get all the positive feedback you deserve, but just wanted to say that you guys are, are great. I've left an iTunes review for you guys a while back and have always mentioned you guys, my RPG gaming friends. Well, awesome. Thank you, Scott. That's very cool. Um, Scott did not make it to Gary Khan, but he's shooting to make Gamehole Khan. Looking forward to the next episode. Take care. Thank you, Scott. If you do, sh- if you do make uh, Gamehole Khan, check us out. We'll have a we'll have a table there. We're running games. Love to meet you, shake your hand, and thank you for your support and listening, man. That'd be I th- cool. I think we'll do a live recording. We did we did last year, but we didn't really publicize it, and we didn't set up like a little gallery. And if people are interested to watch us shoot our mouths off in front of you. <clears throat> Uh, we may do that. Because few things are more interesting than that. Right. Because, <laughs> anyway. you know, there's going to be, like, tons of games going on, and why Why would you want to play? Like, exactly. When you can just sit in front of us and listen to us BS. <laughs> you pay good money to get into that con, and we're going to make you feel like you should pay good money to leave when you're done listening <laughs> to us. <laughs> Uh, right. But yes, thanks for considering coming to Gamehole Con, man. That's uh, quite a quite a quite a feat there. I don't know where Scott is. Scott, you have to let either. us know where you're coming from. We've got a Brett and I have a pool going on to see who will come from the farthest reaches of Earth. Yes, so far I believe we have. I believe Roger's coming, and he's from Maine. One of the. I mean, he, if he breaks out of the if he breaks out of the igloo, and uh, he and Ed are able to get the snow snow machine going, so they can get across. T- the frozen tundra through the the wolf infested forest, and they can make their way to civilization. I'm expecting Roger to make game. Well, I would that. imagine so cool. they get in their canoes and like come down the Great Lakes, like, <laughs> oh, that like could be our it. founding yeah. fathers did. Oh, there course. we go. There we yeah, go. Yeah, Lewis yes. and Clark style, man. 
There we go. Well, and, and Ed's talking about tapping maple trees and bringing some syrup. So, man, uh, this is going to be a good one. Damn good, Con. I like I like this already. I'm not it's, even there. I know. It's crazy, the anticipation and the buildup. Next. Uh, Matt Martinez speak of the devil on the verge of the, he's on verge of the resolution of some of his, uh, conundrums in the last few, we might as well make this gaming BS and Matt. No, this is good stuff though. I like it is Matt. I mean, this is one of those things that we need Matt. Matt, if you come to a resolution, you need to keep writing in problems and just making them up, even if they're not occurring. <laughs> Make up wacky shit, dude, because we need we need material. That's no, <laughs> it's good. Our writers, man, writer strike over here. No, I do. I do like the fact that Matt has taken the time to talk about this to us. Um, is really is really cool, Matt. So anyway, you you got this. I think I ha- yeah. I think I may have found a decent solution for at least one of my problems. Ah, see, he has multiple. So, hey, keep those problems coming, Matt. I'm currently running two D&D games for two completely separate friend groups, so I invited the friend who wanted to leave the group to join the other, with the other's permission, of course. I wasn't sure if she would be interested since she doesn't know anyone in the other group, but she accepted the invitation and has rolled up a new character. Now I'm just crossing my fingers and hoping everyone gets along. So apparently, uh, the woman who had the uh, you know felt her character was redundant. I think that's the one he's referring to, and yep. now she's just going to the other group. I still think Angela's advice is solid, though, because if nothing else, if if and when Matt or you or I, Sean, or anybody else runs into that, that's a that's a piece of uh, GM skill that we could pull out. Right, that's a little nugget we can drag out this oh yeah you know what do i do to help that character or that player feel like they're not redundant you know what i'm gonna do dig into the background that's cool right stuff uh this also makes me optimistic that the other issue might be positively affected by this one fewer person in the first group means one person who won't be devoting session time to dicking around nice okay yeah you'll have to let us know man how it all pans out it sounds like you are on the verge of like gaming euphoria well, tell I don't you, know I, if euphoria is the right word, but I mean, you—we've all—I shouldn't say we've all, but I've—I've <clears throat> I've done the whole running different group, different games for a couple different groups, and it can be—it can be a challenge. I have had it where I'm like, you know, if player A were to go to group two, I think everyone would get along better, but they're just not working here. So I'm hoping that works out for you, Matt, because that could be pretty cool. That could be pretty cool. All right, next up. Todd Father, I have been listening since uh, maybe episode 10. My OCD made he's, me start at... <clears throat> he's, he's missed a few. Well, he says his OCD made him start at one and binge listen to catch up and oh. have been listening ever since. I'm All going right. to get gushy now, so sorry. I am disabled. I stay in constant pain. I cannot take pain meds due to my condition. I have a super jacked up stomach thing. Oh, God, that's terrible. Yeah. Anyway, your podcast is like a vacation from the pain. Well, at least we are less pain. <laughs> We're like morphine, I guess. I, well, oh, that's hey, cool. I that's mean, cool, Todd. Yes, that's that is saying quite a bit. If, that is, well, and that tells you how much pain he's in if he can tolerate us. Yeah, if we're if we're a distraction from that. Yes, yes. Todd goes on to say, for at least a little while, I can zone out on you guys and forget the pain. Thank you. I'm an old red box kid from the '80s. When not in the hospital, I've been working on an RPG targeted to those that have never enjoyed our hobby. <clears throat> Over three years now, I've been working on it. Sorry for the broken English. The pain is ramping up. Been fighting this since 2003. Anyway, when the game is done, would you guys look it over? Don't have time to talk about it on air. Don't just look it over. 
Um, you'll have an email address where I can send you the game. Thanks for your time. My, sorry, my pain is bad. Todd, dude, that would be freaking awesome. I would be honored. We, Hon- we would be honored, yes. Absolutely. And Todd, you know, <clears throat> jokes aside, man, I have friends of mine who have fibromyalgia. I've got a buddy of mine who has a degenerative uh, joint issue, which has caused him to be disabled. And uh, it's just not fun. And <clears throat> excuse me, I've told this, I told this story a while back about my encounter at, at Gen Con watching a guy who was paralyzed from the neck down playing a game and how cool gaming is because everything's on the table and whatever you personally have, you can kind of leave behind you if you're doing it right. So Todd, I, I really, I mean, in all seriousness, Sean and I, th- thank you very much for listening. I'm glad we can help you in any way. That's really, really cool. And honestly, that's incredibly flattering. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> Other than ner- nervous laughter, Todd, I don't know what else to say, man, but thank you. That's that's really freaking cool. That is really cool, man. Yeah, we hope you feel better as you're listening at least to this episode. And if, if we could do this every day so that you didn't feel pain and, or at least got over it and it was easier. I mean, I think Brett and I would do it out of our hearts, but no unfortunately, joke, yeah. No joke. So thanks for listening and, and we hope that you do well. Um, and if the, yeah, send us the adventure by all means. And yeah. thanks for, thanks for listening by. Yeah. I'd love to look at a game. That'd be cool. Yeah. Sweet. Yes. Uh, next, Paul Daniel Siemens. Uh, just a quick blurb. He says, "Apropos of gasoline smuggling, we mentioned that in the last episode." Yeah, that was in one of my. Uh, that was in one of my ra- di- die rolls. Yeah. Well, gasoline smugglers. Somebody, yeah, gasoline smugglers. Miami Vice gasoline <clears throat> smugglers. Exactly. Like Glenn, <laughs> Glenn Fry, Smugglers Blues, gasoline smugglers. Gasoline. Uh, apropos of gasoline smuggling, allow me to make a movie recommendation. Black Cat, White Cat, Bulgarian rom-com with gasoline smuggling as a main <laughs> plot point. That's freaking hilarious. There's a romantic comedy out of Bulgaria that is gasoline smuggling as a main plot point. That's life freaking awesome. Imit- life imitates art. <clears throat> Excuse me. Good Lord. That's craziness. That is crazy. That is crazy. All right. Th- Shall we get to it? Right- yeah. Thanks for writing in, everybody, and Paul. Um, yeah, let's get into main topic. Board and card games. Yeah, I thought we would take a bit of a bit of a break from the RPG thing. Sean and I have we play a bit of card games, board games. I think I've played more board games in recent history than Sean, perhaps. But especially judging by my list of picks that I have some and Sean has none on the dock here. But <laughs> Oh, shit. I guess I could type those in. <laughs> anyway, giving Sean shit. Anyhow, um, so what I wanted to lead off with before we got talking about some of the, the games I like or what I've, what I've been playing recently and same with Sean. Um, one of the things that kind of struck me and made me want to talk about this is one of the guys, <clears throat> my group that I game with the the Uber uh, the gaming gods the pantheon of gaming gods as uh, Phil and Chris have rightfully pointed out when I call forth the uh, the deities of gaming and we get together if we're unable to do an RPG or someone doesn't feel like doing a one shot we dig into one of the game groups a, a sizable collection of board and card games and somebody pulls out saying hey let's play Shadows Over Camelot hey let's do this let's do Cash and Guns let's pull something out every one of the guys. And ladies that I game with in my in my groups, <clears throat> excuse me, love games of pretty much any kind. Tabletop games, of course. Um, we don't much get into. I've got a group of uh, half of the one crew was really big. We're really big into poker for a while. Um, uh, Texas Hold'em was a big one for a little bit. We played. 
Um, I like poker as well, but we're not like sheep's head or euchre and that type of thing isn't huge for my group. What? But generally speaking, if it's a if it's a tabletop card or board game, we'll be more than happy to pull it out. Now, Sean, on the other hand, Sean was telling me that the one gent that he games with, if the guys, you know, if you're short a player or two and someone says, hey, why don't we play a board game instead? The answer from this gent is, nope, done. We're going to call the game. Don't want to show up. Not going to do that. Yeah, Doc's not a big board gamer. Would um, would Doc pull out, would you say, hey, let's play a one-shot of something else? Would that be okay with him, or does that not happen? Um, I think he'd be more apt to a one-shot. It depends. I think it's kind of like if they if he feels like playing and there's an option to play an RPG, then, yeah, I think he's fine. But I think sometimes when it's like, well, we're either we're gonna just play my game, and if we don't have what the amount of people it takes, then we're gonna just shit can it. He's not. He's. I know he's not interested in board games. It's just not his thing. Okay. I used to be of the mind that I would rather play either a campaign or a board game. I was not big into one shot gaming at all. However, excuse me. After talking with Sean Moore and playing a couple one shots with my crew and realizing over the years that some of the only ways I'm going to try the plethora of games on my shelf or in PDF format is to, is to have a few of them keyed up and ready to go. So when the group gets together and says, Hey, we want to play, um, uh, we want to play. Oh shit. Half the group can't make it. I can say, Hey, I got a dungeon crawl classics adventure. I've not run this yet. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let's do that. Or, Hey, I've got, I've just picked up uh, lamentations of the flame princess. I'd like to run death frost doom. Let's do that. Having that type of thing locked and loaded for one shot has um, has got me liking the one shot adventure a lot more than it I ever have before. I used to always look at every game I had as like, well, can I make a campaign out of it? Is it campaign worthy? And now when I pick up a game and go, you know what? I could run this easily as a one shot or a short little two, three sessions and be good with it. So, and also from looking at some of the really cool indie small book type games that are out there, the the one-shot RPG is <clears throat> perhaps, I guess, I, I believe it might be coming into its own more as um, as something where a guy like Doc, who isn't into board games, if they feel like role-playing, they want to role-play, and your regular D&D thing can't happen, I'll pull out Lasers and Feelings. I'll pull out, the, you know, what's the uh, the Samurai game? I can't remember the one that came out that long ago, but there's one, Two Samurai. It's a two-player RPG. But there's some really cool stuff out there. They make sweet love to each other. Yeah, that's not quite what happens, but okay. Pretty sure that's <laughs> pretty sure that's how it goes. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow, <clears throat> um, so Sean, what just a just a quick before we get into this much further, if you had if you were going to pick between a board game, your regular game can't happen. Yeah. Would you want to play a one shot RPG or a board game, or does it not matter to you? It depends, Brett. Because because you're a moody little girl. No, I am. You're a moody little I boy, am. I should say, not just girl. There's right. plenty. Of, I, I, shit, both Sean and I are moody bastards. <laughs> yes. I would say it depends on what the RPG is and um, and also board game-wise, like how in-depth is the board game? Because you could play Twilight Imperium, right? Okay. And then isn't that like a 12-hour board game? Yeah, Battle, I, I played Battlestar Galactica, the board game. That thing... That can take. That it can take a while if you. I'm talking, I think it's Twilight Imperium. It's like the big, huge coffin box. It's like. Oh, it could be. Yeah. 
It's ridiculously. We take a game like Talisman and tack on three, four, five, six different expansions, and uh, you're in for a day and a half of gaming, depending. Yeah, Twilight Imperium, man, that thing's a beast. I think. And, yeah, uh, I believe yeah. you're right. I have had uh, one of my gamers, Tabby, when if she's if she's up to game, it doesn't matter. Board game, card game, she'll dive in and do whatever. And I do have a couple players that would rather RPG than board game, unless the the mood is right. A couple of guys. Are, uh, are a little on the moody side, I guess, when it comes to, I want to play an RPG, I don't want to play a board game. I know that there are a number of board games that have RPG-like flavor to them, you know, um, like Hero Quest and that type of thing, but the the feel isn't quite the same always as a, a true RPG. Not, so, hey, there, there is nothing else, that, there gives is nothing you that, else. that gives you that feeling. That's very true. As an RPG. So... All that said, I got to admit that board game versus one-shot RPG, it is a mood thing for me. There's sometimes like, you know what, um, today, um, oh, shit, this is what I should have done for announcements. I totally forgot. Happy Father's Day. It's Father's Day. I completely forgot to uh, to do that to all the gaming dads. Out now, there, so. now you're dropping it. <clears throat> now, now I'm dropping it because I'm an idiot and I totally forgot <laughs> to do that earlier. I was just thinking about this because my son, AJ, wanted to play a game today. I'm like, oh, this would be cool. Yeah. Oh. The other kids don't want to play. I'll, I'll play something. He was like, I want to play D&D. And. Honestly, I just wasn't in the mood to play an RPG. I wanted to do something different, so we broke out Duke and uh, my Space Hulk game instead. Well, and <laughs> it's your day, so you get to pick. Yeah, I just said, shut up, you little bastard, knock him it's, down. Right, and you told him, <laughs> it's my day. It's Father's Day, not yeah. AJ's day or, exactly. or Sunday. Yeah, when he got done crying, I uh, picked him back up, put him in his chair. Right, and because uh, that's what you do. Because that's, that's what you do. If you're a good father. <laughs> if you're a good father. Or a jackass. Anyhow, point was, is that I w- just w- flat wasn't in the mood to really play an RPG for whatever reason, but board games just really were really singing to me. So anyhow, I have a number of games now, RPG-wise, that I've kind of got geared up for one-shots. So when the mood strikes and I want to play something, I've got a number of those that are ready to roll. And um, I've started looking at more board and card games, especially two- and three-player, smaller-player games, because usually what happens is that I'm going to run that one-shot session for my gaming group or my kids, or we're going to play the board game with my gaming group or with my kids because we don't have enough players to play the full session, or we want something that's a little bit easier or later. Usually with my regular gaming group, it's because we don't have all the players. And if I don't have all the players, I tend to need a game that plays well on the three- to six-player maximum range. So, Yeah, I don't... The big reason I don't like board games is because I am a, I hate losing all the time, and board games I lose all the time, and RPGs, well, you know, I can roll crappy, I can get characters killed, I can kill characters, but I don't ever feel as though I'm losing, or I don't get the strategy, or... There's no it, real win condition in an no. RPG a lot of times, right? Well, and or there isn't a you're playing it wrong necessarily. I mean, I guess you could. Some people may have that opinion, but I mean, if you're playing wrong in a board game, you're not. It's like, dude, you're you don't get it. It's not like that. It's not played like that. Or you in, misinterpret it. You play it in a particular fashion, and you end up getting your ass kicked because you don't understand the rules or the strategy. You're like, oh, I should be collecting more of these when it's when the board game gets to a certain point, right? So maybe, yeah, 
You know, you're like, oh, you got to collect more purple because you don't have any purple. Oh, oh, okay. I never feel like that in RPGs. And so I don't mind playing board games, but I've also played board games with some very competitive people that actually know board games really, really, really well. And they kind of come with they they come with their game face on. There is a there is a level of poker playing that sometimes comes out in a board game player and strategy tactician the what are the win conditions what are the multiple conditions to win how do i make you lose so one of the cool ways to get around that are your co-op board games where it's you against the board yeah so then be, what so then what happens fun. brett in those co-op board games you get that one guy who tells everybody what to do that's awesome too oh yeah you get that one dude who wants to play pandemic the way he plays pandemic and even though you know tabby and brett's got some really good ideas sean's like no god no. damn it tabby no you, you can't you can't do that right Right. So my, I think what we're getting at in this episode, Brett, is that by the end of the show, I, Sean, am going to convince you never to ever play another board game and that RPGs is where it's at. Okay. <laughs> I, think it's, I think it's actually interesting that some of the, I have had, who was telling me this? One of my gamers was saying that one of the ways that they would use to figure out what kind of a gamer you were for like an RPG was to have you play a board game. Okay. If you really like got into the rules and tore them apart and you have to win, 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 they're like, okay, this is the type of gamer he is. Oh, Oh, she is the rules lawyer. She knows all of this stuff. She wants to be this. And I'm like, I don't necessarily think that fits because I think people will flip flop. You right. There's certain people that are very, tactical and how they approach everything and some people are more tactical in a board game versus another because of the style and the approach of the game i don't think there's necessarily one-to-one but you, <clears throat> short version to what you were saying is you can have asshole players regardless of what the game is you play you have a good winner or a good loser no matter what i have somebody a, who's an asshole playing chess it doesn't much matter i have a friend of mine his name's chad i know he doesn't listen to this podcast and he's not a role-playing gamer at all and that's probably one reason why he doesn't listen but he is, and he's uh, he likes historical board games, uh, World War II, you know, civil American Civil War, board era, whatever. But okay. usually World War II, Axis and Allies, maybe anything else. Like I've got Tide of Iron, he'd he'd play that in a heartbeat. And he is very competitive. And when I play him, I know I'm going to get my ass kicked because that's the way he rolls. Yep. And and that's okay, and I get it, and that's why I don't play with him every week. Because I'm like, I'm not going to, you know. And so another buddy of mine is another big board gamer. He goes to Gen Con for play board games. And he'll have a group over to his house. Um, and I tell, he's like, yeah, bring ever, whoever you want. Steve's Steve's met him. I brought Steve. He plays in our RPG. Everybody's like, who's Steve? He's in our RPG group. And I was like, hey, Steve, let's go play board games. Okay. And I've even told Gabe, who hosts this uh, board game day every once, every six months or three months. And I said, yeah, maybe I'll bring... Chad, you know, Chad, and he's, I said, but he's a little competition, com- competitive sometimes, so I'm not sure, you know, about having that jive, and, and Gabe's like, he looks at me, and Gabe's a pretty mild-mannered, level-headed, kind of soft-spoken kind of guy, he's not type A, he, he wouldn't be on a podcast like Brett and I, Yeah, but, but he just looks at me when his a grin comes to his face, and he says, competition's not bad, that's okay, and I'm like, okay, what, because yeah. he's like, he kind of likes that's that. That's a board gamer's yeah. way of- Bring it, motherfucker. Yeah, Go ahead. Much, yeah, you right. think you can bring it over here? Yeah, come yeah. on there. Gabe's bring like, your Napoleon game over here, bitch. I'll kick your ass. Nothing yeah. wrong with uh, being a little competitive, he says. Uh, but nice. anyways, yeah, there's a little story for you. Anyways. 
<clears throat> so to that point, I tend to pick it. Well, if I play a board game and uh, someone's like, God damn, you son of a bitch, and you're not playing it right or whatever, it, when they're really competitive, and I, I don't like to play any kind of game with that type of person, be it man, woman, child, whomever it is. Not, not my thing. I tend to like games that, regardless of the, how do I do this? I, I like looking at the win conditions for any board game or card game and having fun with it, and I really don't give a shit if I lose. Board games and card games, I tend to treat them <clears throat> kind of almost, I want to have a good time. And if that means, you know, trying to help everybody else win or, oh, shit, I made a, oh, God, my, my, my dice roll for crap. I can't get anywhere today. The the story that comes out of that to me, it's kind of a weird RPG approach. But even if I get done playing, you know, a game of instinct, it's, which I'll, I'll talk about in a bit, it's a, it's a trick-taking card game that Wizards of the Coast put out ages back. Even though I get my ass handed to me three, four hands, that's funny to me. I'm like, oh my God, I couldn't win, you know? And it, so it doesn't even phase me. And I think that's, I just approach them as I want to have fun. I'd love to win if I can, but it really doesn't bother me that bad. Dude, I have to say, and I know this is being rewound um, right now, but I cannot believe that you go up and you're from Wausau, which is near above the Pine Curtain here in Wisconsin. Correct. And you have a bunch of gamer dudes and you mm-hmm. guys do not play Sheep's Head. No, they'll they'll play. I don't. Oh, I don't like. I don't okay. like sheep's head. You don't like sheep's head. No, 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 not my thing at all. So for everybody that doesn't understand who, what sheep's head is, it's a German based card Shoshkoff. game. Yes, it's that's what it is in German. Yes. And uh, not to get into a, a bunch of rules, but uh, there's people in in Wisconsin that likes euchre, and it, euchre is like the state card game. You go everywhere, everybody's playing euchre. You go to a party, they break out euchre. And if you want to know more about Euchre, look it up. But Euchre is a no-brainer game to me. I cannot stand Euchre because it takes absolutely... I don't think it takes much skill because you just follow whatever somebody plays. Oh, they play a heart, you put a heart on there. Somebody plays a spade, you put a spade on there. It's like derp. So when when we see a picture of that Brett post where Sean had a bunch of 60, 70-year-old grandmas just kicked his ass because he said he called them said euchres for wusses or something. I didn't say that they couldn't beat me. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. It's cuz they if you get the cards you get and you play them that that's kind of the deal. Right? That, that's kind of a pun too. Ha, that's the ah, deal. Get, yeah, get there it. we go. But sheep said whole nother ball game. Yeah, that's uh that was big on the uh campus I started going to my hometown went to a two-year campus before I transferred to Madison and that was uh that was like a thing. Sheepshead yeah. tournaments in San Diego. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Cheese, beer, sheepshead. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Anyways, I digress. Anyhow. I'm a little, I look at bread a little bit differently now. I'm just not into them. Pinochle, my parents played the hell out of that too. Just wasn't but my thing. Is Pinochle like, I didn't know Pinochle was kind of a Wisconsin thing though. I don't know if it's a Wisconsin thing or not. I just know my parents played the hell out of it for a long or time. The bridge. I mean, yeah, there's other games, but sheepshead, man, that is like. That's a Wisconsin thing. That is a Wisconsin staple, man. <laughs> as far as I know. Yeah. So, <clears throat> as far as card games go, some of the ones that I have, um, I mentioned this before, Instinct, Wizards of the Coast, um, put out Instinct and Earthquake. I have not yet played Earthquake. I actually have a copy of it. Instinct is a, it's a trick-taking card game. It's based on uh, Magic the Gathering. So, you have, you have the, the skulls, the trees, the fire, the water, and the sun. So, you've got five different suits. And what you're trying to do is you say, hey, out of the number of cards in my, out of the 11 cards in my hand, I think I can take five tricks. Next person says, oh, 
I'll take six. Holy shit. Everyone's like, oh my. And then depending if you if you make it, you get points. If you don't, you don't get anything and so forth. First one to 100 wins. That's like spades. It, it's very similar. Or hearts. Spades. It's very similar spades and hearts. Oh, it plays God. really, really fast. And it's one of those games when my, anybody, any friend of mine who's a non-gamer, uh, as far as like non-RPG gamer, or doesn't want to play a game like Shadows Over Camelot or Mice and Mystics or something, <clears throat> you can pull that sucker out. I have sold more copies of that game to people where they're like, really, is this it? No, it's out of print. I'm sorry. Oh, really? So they go on eBay, hunt them down. They go to Noble Knight, hunt them down, and they pick them up. And um, you can play that game completely fucking blotto loaded. I mean, I've been uh, annihilated, hammered, and playing that game. It's just a hoot. It's just, it's fun. It's like Uno. It is. It's, nah, it's not like Uno. U- Uno. So See, Uno, I don't like Uno. Well, it, it goes back to my teenage years. Let, I'm just going to put it, put it this way. We go play Uno in my buddy's basement. And it wouldn't be your normal game of Uno. It would be a normal game of Uno, but we just weren't in the frame of mind to. Oh, actually, I see. Right, I see. that's that's the yeah. trick. Yeah, there's there's an altered state involved. Yeah, I get it. Yes. Somebody would play a card, and yes. time would lapse, and you would <laughs> and the, smack the next person and go, "Dude, play!" <laughs> oh, what play? What was played? <laughs> Yellow nine, Dick, play. <laughs> Nice. Oh, okay. So, Sean, are there any um, any card games that you're playing right now? Instinct is very simple. It's really quick, and because it doesn't, it's not hearts and spades. It's a weird little gateway thing. I've I've played that with people, and then they see is that Munchkin anything like that? I'm like, no. It, it, well, I mean, it's a card game. Yeah. Then I got guys who have played Instinct, and Instinct leads them to Munchkin of all weird things, but. Do you play anything like that? I don't play anything like that, although I do own Dominion, and I've played Dominion once. And I know that when I mention Dominion, there are going to be people's heads explode because there are some very crazy Dominion players. And I mean crazy as in they love the game and they get all the expansions and they just, oh my God, Dominion is the greatest cardboard game ever made. And I have wow. that and I played once, which they'll think is probably a crime. But I've never played. I should play that. Yeah, it is. Uh, I'll give it to you. Take it up north with you. And if you guys get bored, do they have Dominion up there? Did anybody? Somebody might. I don't know if anybody would save would. I'd have to ask him. Yeah, if he doesn't, take it with you. And you guys, I'm sure you guys will have a blast. It's, it's a card uh, deck building game. So for those that don't know what that means, it's not a collectible card game. It's not, you know, and it's, you as you play, you... Your your hand keeps changing, and you're, you're you're drawing cards, and you're getting so many, and then you're you're paying to play for a certain cost of cards, and then but you don't have to keep buying new cards to stay competitive. It's all oh okay yeah. There's expansions to it. There's different editions or whatever it is out there, but um, that's why people like it is because then they don't have. It's kind of like it's finite. Yes, it doesn't yeah. do the magic or Pokemon explosion bloat thing. Correct Amundo. And so uh yeah. Another so card. I have it, but I oh, don't sorry. play a ton of it. Oh and kill. Or I'm sorry, let's kill. I gave that to Zave. Oh yeah, he's got that, I think. Where did I, I bring it back? I can't uh, remember. he brought it back to me. I've got it. I don't know um, if you played it or not. Yeah, and I've played that. We play, we would play that when we wouldn't play RPGs and Jen, uh, my buddy Peter's wife, Jen, Genevieve, would she introduced us to it and it was made by, I think a local guy. So there's people that are local that we know that are in this card game, but it's a stick, it's stick figures. Oh, okay. And you have location, you have weapons and you have people. And so like Hmm. 
you try to, it's cards and it's drawn in stick figures and rudimentary art, but you know, like you want to kill, it's based on who you kill and where and all this stuff. So you, <laughs> and with, you know, there's a spud gun in there and you can kill the, and they're all like stereotypes, like the hippie know-it-all barista at the coffee shop. <laughs> okay, like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to kill that guy. And there's just there, you know, there's like, you know, descriptive text in it. Oh, funny. Uh, so it's very like, yes, beer and pretzel kind of game. So that one's a good one. So those are the card games that I do and don't pay, play. Another one I- Killer my, Bunnies. Killer, Killer Bunnies. bunnies. Oh, played, you got that one too? I've got Killer Bunnies too, yep. I have uh, talked about this on the show before. My son, AJ, uh, mastered this. Three Cheers for Master by Atlas Games. It's um, you're a bunch of minions and you've got your boss minion and Master's conquered the world and you're trying to make um, trying to make Master happy so he won't kill you. And uh, <clears throat> you've got all these different monsters. You're trying to stack them up into like a, a cheerleading pyramid. It's wacky, goofiness ensues. The heavy minions fall and crush other ones. It's fast, and it's a hoot. It's it's a lot, a lot of fun. I've had a good time with that. And my my son's nine, ten, and you know he was nine when he got it, and he figured it out pretty damn quick, and he's pretty good at it. Um, another one that I played just um in the card game space <clears throat> is Cash and Guns. Cash and Guns is a Quentin Tarantino movie, or it's that. After the heist, the the whole concept is after the heist, you're there, everyone's sitting around the room, everyone has foam guns, these foam orange guns. I've pistols. seen that game. Is that it what is that a, is? It's a fucking blast. Like you you've got this pile of cash, people. you got this yeah. pile of you got pile of cash in front of you, and then you've got cards that say bang, 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 or click. <laughs> and then you everybody want you put your card down what you're gonna do, and then you hold your gun, your foam gun across at whomever you're gonna shoot at. And so you've got these guys and ladies sitting around a table all pointing foam guns at each other. Then you flip the flip the cards over and see what happens. Then it's it's you, fun. You got to bring that to game hole, man. Because even if I don't not own running, it yet, I got to buy it. It's yeah, fucking. Fun. Oh, you don't it have is. it. You don't, I don't have, own oh. it. I've played it a bunch of times. I need to buy it. I yeah. need to buy a copy. Another card game in that kind of uh, is Bang. I've played that before. My buddy Zave has gotten into I think Bang tournaments. I think he's played at Gen Con other places. Bang is a lot of fun. It's a Wild West sheriff type of thing um <clears throat> stepping away from kind of a pure card game like that into something that's more story oriented i mentioned on the show before too is hobbit tales uh the guys that put out the oh shit it's sitting where the hell over there it's on my shelf anyhow it goes to the the one ring the the uh, rpg Cat- catalyst <clears throat> or not Catal- catalyst the cubicle <clears throat> one cat- right yes thank you so what you do is you have a little board, you have X number of cards in your hand and then the other players, and you're trying to tell a story. Cubicle got, 7, by the cubicle way. Cubicle 7, thank you. You put down one card that says, we started out here, and then you try to end up somewhere. Along the way, the other players can then say, that's not what happened, that was this other thing occurred, and they can throw a little crazy. That's and like Baron Munchausen. I believe it is similar to Baron Munchausen. I've never played, but it's similar. Baron Munchausen, Munchausen is a story game. Yes. or it's, I mean, you tell... A story, and a person tells you that's not how it went, and they interject something, and then you have to pick that up or you yes. decline it, and then it's a good con game, kind of similar to like like if you were to play Werewolf or something. Yep. Hobbit Tales has a twelve sided die from the from the one wing one ring game, so you can roll it to see if you have to accept a challenge or not, and then you get tokens on, that you get to put under little uh, coasters, your little green dragon in beer coasters. And then whoever has the most uh, cheers tokens wins at the end. It's a lot of fun. My kids love that game. My two little ones sitting around and telling stories about hobbits and spiders and two-headed trolls and stuff. It's a blast. The, <clears throat> to, 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 the My favorite board game 
from a two player perspective. Um, I've because AJ likes to play games more often than my other kids. So I want to find something. I've heard really good things about the Duke. I've talked about the Duke on the show before from uh, Mo Two Snow, the Canadian John, guy. Of John Wayne. Wayne. John yes. Wayne's the board game. <laughs> and you made that joke before too, which is great. It's because um, that's what it is. It's not a joke, Brett. Anyway, it's a it's a really cool version of chess. It's a lot, a lot of fun. The inch tiles and so forth. And I really, it's one of my favorite two-player games. AJ and I sat down and we wasted like two hours. We shouldn't say wasted, but we just, we had some time to kill. So we sat down and played like four games. He's tough at it. He, he'll kick my ass half as many times as I kick his. So it's a lot of fun. Do you have any two-player or any... Kind of quick games like that. I mean, Duke, I had, can, Duke I, can play pretty fast. I had one and I gave it away. It was the um, oh shoot balls. It's uh, ag- uh agricola, Agri- agricola. Some say agricola, some say agricola. Uh, small creatures, uh, small, small and large. It so there is a big board game, okay, uh, version, and then they also have a two player game that is. Um, I have never played the full version, but the two-player um, version is where you are. You got little tiles. You that's your board, or it, maybe it. I don't know if it develops over time. I can't remember. It's been a while since I played. And then you you create fences, and then you put your little creatures in it. And then based on how many creatures you have of what type, you get points, and then that's how you win. I don't know. Does it, does it play pretty quick? Uh, it does. It's not. I mean, maybe. 30, 45 minutes. I don't think it's very long. Because, I mean, in the, of the ones I've mentioned, they all play pretty fast. I uh, hinted at Munchkin, and Munchkin can drag out. I mean, a lot of people play Munchkin. And uh, depending how many people you've got playing, trying to get to level 10 with all the weird Munchkin-y backstabbing goodness that happens, that, that card game can drag on. But <clears throat> Suro is my art. So whenever we would bust out board games, Suro would be the one that we would bust out first it would be like the warm-up game and that plays really really fast because if you don't know what Suro is um check it out on on some sites that we'll mention later but it's a t- everybody gets a tile and everybody gets a meeple and all the you pick a place on the board usually it's the edge that faces you and you start your meeple at one of those edges and then what happens is tiles uh, as you go i mean this is literally the whole game as you rotate clockwise around players you each player plays one tile and the tile has to line up there's little paths on each tile and the paths go curvy and squiggly and all this stuff and what happens is if i have a player on a meeple on the edge and i play something at that tile and the path connects to that meeple the meeple has to follow all the way to the edge of that end of that path and usually it ends at the end of the tile eventually as the board fills up with those tiles, the 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 meeples are run off the board. Okay. And, and when you do that, they lose. That's oh, okay. It. There's no dice. There's no strategy. I mean, there's a little bit of strategy, but that's how you play Suro. And then as time goes on, meeples will be like, oh, you're out of the game. You're out of the game. Now it's down to two people. It plays fast, though? Oh, really fast. Yeah. As God. opposed to, um, that, that reminded me of Robo Rally. Have you ever played Robo Rally? I've heard of it, and I haven't played it. Robo Rally is fun. You can, <laughs> whenever I play Robo Rally, I try to convince my friends, let's just play one board because you can have all these other boards to it. Yeah. It gets, it will take like two years type of thing. It just, it takes a long fucking time. It is, you get the, you have a little robot. It's got a front and a back, you know, and inside it's got lasers and so forth. And the idea is to go through and, you know, 
um, get to different checkpoints to flags so you can win. And what you do is you have a series of cards in your hand that say, you know, one forward, two forward, left turn, right turn, U-turn. Then there's conveyor belts and lasers on the board and all this stuff. <clears throat> and you program your robot by laying the cards out, and then you flip. And based on whose number is first, it's very old-school programming type of thing. It's fun, but it can take a long time to play. Mm. And unless to at least every time I've played, it takes hours and hours. Which is, to me, when I look at some of the games like The Duke and Hobbit Tales or Three Cheers for Master, it, they play quick. Yeah. Inst- Instinct is one of those games you can play, like I said, all night long <clears throat> with your friends drinking and getting hammered and people having a good time. But the other ones can play pretty – they play fast. And for me, playing with the kids a lot of times, or even with my friends, when we just have a few hours before this game or that game, those are those are fun. Um, from a board game perspective, some of my favorite board games are some of the, um, well, two of my favorites, <clears throat> I should say three. I do like, I do like Hero Quest. I've talked about this before. It's out of print. I have, I happen to have two copies of it. Um, it's fun. It's just, it's a lot, a lot of fun. And it's very RPG-ish. It's, you know, walking, it's a set board. You walk around, you roll your points, you got a barbarian, fighter, an elf. Uh, excuse me, a barbarian, a dwarf, an elf. And you, you try to make your way through various dungeons and fighting orcs and gargoyles and so forth. It's a lot, a lot of fun. <clears throat> They're very like, Not like Descent? It's Well, Descent, of course, comes after it. Ah. But, uh, it, yeah, similar to that. And I do like those games. They're, they can be a lot of fun. That's one of those, to me, a really good gateway drug, if you will. If you've got somebody who wants to play it, go, hey, this looks like fun. It's got miniatures. It's got miniature furniture. It's got set dressing. It's got a nice, it's got a pretty colorful board. I've played Descent before. Miniatures, that cool thing, gets people to, as soon as that gamer starts playing that board game and says, oh, I wish I could just like run up a wall or I could do this other weird, you know, thing. I wish I could do something, but the rules don't let me. You, as the savvy RPGer, looks at that. You know, budding RPG and goes. You know what? If we were playing Fate, D and D, or <laughs> Savage Worlds, you could totally be doing exactly what you just said. <gasps> Says the perspective gamer. Really? Tell me more. And then you've got they subscribe to your pamphlet, and it's all good. They're listening to gaming BS. <laughs> exactly. Eventually. I mean, exactly. It's total, totally it's, out it's, of control. It's totally out of control. In that space, I also like Dungeon Quest. Dungeon Quest. Um, is by Games Workshop. They had, they also the same guys that did Talisman. I like Talisman. Um, I actually like the the version I have, which is the one that came out in the middle '80s. Like I've got the second edition one. I have to double check. It plays faster than the newer one, in my opinion. And Dungeon Quest, I have the original. They've remade that as well. Dungeon Quest was cool because it has a timer on it. The sun, at least the version I have. You start out at sun up, and by sundown, if you're not out of the dungeon, you're dead. <laughs> Whoever makes it out with the most treasure wins. <clears throat> it's a finite number of uh, turns. Um, I actually do like Dungeon, the uh, the TSR Wizard of the Coast Dungeon. I know that there's a newer version out there. I happen to have two older ones. They're, those are still a lot of fun. Have you played any of those, Sean? Any of those games I threw out there? Uh, I haven't played any of those. I've played Descent, um, but I've not played Dungeon. Talisman, Jimmy is a big Talisman guy. I, okay. have, I haven't sat down at one of his. He's actually running at Cons. I've not played that. Uh, so, no, I haven't played a ton of them. What did you think of Descent when you played it? I thought it was okay. I think I played, I might have played Fighter at the time and get the little heart chits and okay. all that. I thought it was, I thought it was okay. Some of those to me are, when I'm playing that game, 
Why not um, play an RPG? I feel like I should play an RPG. Kind of my thing, yeah. There's something about Hero Quest, though. I think maybe because it's old and out of print that hits a nostalgia button for me. It's it's a lot of fun. <clears throat> but if I'm gonna, if someone says, "Hey, let's play Descent," I'm like, "Descent takes hours. Um, can I just run D&D? this D and D game instead? Right, right. It just makes me want to do that." Yeah. <clears throat> Speaking of games, I could take away. I mean, for, while the setup, Space Hulk, the new river. I had the original version of Space Hulk. Gave it away. God knows why. Ages back. I got the Space Hulk Smash. Space Hulk Smash. I have the uh, newer version, and uh, my son and I were playing that, as I mentioned earlier today, and he beat me, little bugger. Um, He was the Gene Steelers and crushed me. Well, you just ground him. Just ground him. He'll learn. He'll learn. (laughs) He's still crying from... No, I'm kidding. Well, that's Uh, he uh he found I, I played I made a couple tactical errors and he was just giggling. I'm like, what? He goes, Oh nothing, you'll find out. I think he's just messing with me. And no, he yeah, he was counting and I wasn't. So that's how that that's how that goes. Anyhow, that one it's modular as far as setting up the different um Space Hulk, which is a um a derelict spaceship that you're taking. It's uh Games Workshop. You take your space marines in it, you fight gene stealers, which are basically a games workshop version of Alien from the movie Aliens and so forth. It's a hoot, it's a lot of fun. Um once you get the hang of it, it plays pretty quick. Setup takes a bit. A lot of chits and moving parts are still set up on the table off on my left here. There's plenty of different pieces. The board is great. Uh, it's expensive. I mean, I got it on sale. I think I found it for like 60 bucks. Uh, I've seen them go for 100 plus, but I happened to get it on sale one day. Dear Games Workshop, please don't sue us because Brett said Space Marines. <laughs> oh, that's right. Cut. Space Marines, trademark. <laughs> Games Workshop. Um, one of my favorite co-op games is Shadows Over Camelot. Have you have you played of or heard Shadows Over Camelot? I have heard of it, but I have not played it. The cool... <laughs> excuse me. There's a couple of expansions for it. Shadows Over Camelot is everyone's against the board, and you are the Knights of the Round Table. That's great. And you've got to go through X number of turns and so forth. You can play with a trader. You can play where the trader may or may not be there. You don't know. The fun part is, and this is similar to Battlestar Galactica where someone's a Cylon, someone is a traitor. And my first experience with this game was with my buddy Lenny and Kevin. And one of our buddies, Craig, was the traitor. And no one, he played that game perfectly. He played, he helped just enough. He didn't help at the right times. He always had a really good reason why he couldn't quite do what you wanted him to do. And it was perfect until he just fucking flipped it and he damn near beat us. Because then the trader, the whole the wind conditions flip and everything gets crazy. But it was not so crazy time. But it's really, it's a fun um, uh, King Arthur, you know, Camelot um, thematic game. And with the trader aspect of it, it's just crazy. Which was the fun part when I played Battlestar Galactica with that same group where um, I was a Cylon. And uh, played it as tight and as close as I could, trying to take my cues off of how Craig had played us so good in Shadows of a Camelot. Took a while, um, but it's uh, th- those games are fun when you've got everyone is trying to work together, except for maybe that one person in the group. You can't tell if she's a traitor or if she a Cylon. You can't quite tell. And if you just go accusing people, that causes the wind conditions to go crazy. It's not like you can just go, I challenge, you know, Angela. I think she's a Cylon. You can't, you don't just do that willy nilly because it goes badly. So, uh, well, those games are fun. You those can, fun. and you can put them in the brig. Yes. Right. And so if you put a person that's not a Cylon in the brig, then that person who may be able to help you is in the brig. Yeah, and you they just, can't you do certain potentially things. fucked yourself. Because- right, and then there's the Cylon who's still roaming around that could be screwing over what you're trying to accomplish. So, yeah, it's 
a cool game. Those are fun. Yeah. Those those take but a while. Those betray- those you're going to sit down and you're going to play for hours. Betrayal at House on the Hill I thought was cool. I have not played that. I've heard great things about it. It's a tile-based game. It takes the shape of a mansion. You play these little, you play people, you play like a, a teenage kid, a guy, a gal, whatever. And then you're just kind of, you know, they can move so far and then you go to different rooms and you pick up stuff. And then there's a tilt. Okay. And then the tilt in the game is kind of tells you who who betrays the party. So every, it becomes apparent. But at first you, you, that, you know, people are picking up things. And then there's somehow that like there's a possession. I don't know what it is that makes the tilt. I can't remember. But then what happens is you go and you look through the book and the book outlines what the objectives are. Oh, okay. And so the objectives are told to everybody. So the objective may be all the players have to get out of the mansion before the bad possessed demon person or whatever that is kills one of them or something along or obtains this thing. And so then it's kind of like, well, how do we get them and, and all this other stuff? So it's a scenario driven because every game could be different because there's a scenario that takes part in that. I thought it was pretty cool, but and I'm probably cool. crap and all over the rules, but <laughs> anyways, I have played, um, fantasy flight of course puts out some really cool stuff. I played Arkham horror. Yeah, I have that. Um, that's a fun damn game. That's long. I'll tell you, man, you want to make it really long, throw two or three expansions on that fucker, oh, and you will God. play in, you know, from now until June of next year. I think it's, Elder Signs are better, is better, I think. Somebody told me that it's, like, similar, but it's... Is it Elder Signs? Elder Chore, maybe. Uh, Elder Chore? Could no, be. It's not Elder I don't know. I don't know. But uh, I have... I've not played... I played... do 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 what else did I play from there? They've put out, I mean, they've got a lot of really good stuff. I mean, Fantasy Flight Games, I mean, it's kind of like the byword for, for you know, that kind of, <clears throat> to me, a really good, if you are if you like RPGs, you want to get into board games, these, they're not cheap, board games. No. I mean, we talk about, <clears throat> um, you know, RPGs being expensive and so forth. But if you were to go and say, hey, you know what, I, you know, I like that thing that the guys were talking about. I'd like to try, you know, get my hold on, get my hands on a newer version of Talisman. A talisman, the core game is sixty bucks, you know, so it's not cheap. No. the The nice thing though is that a lot of these games, because the how do I do this? So the entry point to some of these board games, sixty bucks. You can spend a hundred dollars. You can spend hundreds, depending on how crazy you get Arkham Horror. If you add all the different bits and pieces of expansions, but if you get the core to a lot of these games. They're literally they're they're designed to be replayable, right? Every board game is designed to play over and over. The good ones you can play over and over again, have a really good time. You may want to take a break or whatever. But the point is, is that board games are more, they're easier to to get other people into. And a lot of times, I look at my board games as a way to uh, get my non gamer friends or people who might be interested in RPGs to give it a try. This is very similar to that D and D thing I do. Let's play, you know. Hero Quest, so let's play Warhammer Quest, which I think Fantasy Flight has put out now. So <clears throat> those are a lot of fun. They're expensive, but the cool thing is they they play over and over again. And the really nice ones with the really cool miniatures, hey, they're miniatures, man. You can use those anywhere. <laughs> That's always fun. Sean, yes. what are, if, if I was going to, do you have a favorite board game that if you like, hey, if I want to say, hey, we're going to play a board game, let's pull one out. What's your favorite? 
Uh, I would say right now probably Lords of Waterdeep because I know it the best. I've played I have it, not played that. I've played it, it good? the most. Yeah, my buddy Peter Lee did that game. That's right. Yeah, Peter's from Minnesota. He resided in Madison for quite some time, and now he works for Wizards. Uh, reported to Rodney Thompson. So he'd done the Ravenloft game, Lords of Waterdeep, uh, the 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 Call of Asherar, Sheradon, whatever with this dragon. The red on dragon, it. yep. Yeah, Lords of Waterdeep's kind of cool because there's a points as you go, and then there's an end game where you calculate points. So literally, you could be last, and then when you get to the end game, you could win. And it's uh, you don't. It is resource driven, um, but it is not where. First of all, it's very easy to come up to speed on it, and it's a relatively quick game, hour maybe an hour and a half. Um, you don't need to be a D and D person to play Lords of Waterdeep. It uses locations from Waterdeep, and it's got some of the D and D tropes. But it's you don't have to be that. You don't have to be a D and D aficionado to play that game because it's. Maybe it's just because at one point you get into orange, purple, black, and that's really what it is. Unless you want to play okay. the meta game, yeah, I, I love that game. It's good. Peter really did a great job on it. I got to play that one. Yeah, that's uh, and then there's an expansion to it as well. I do. I must say, I mean, when I like Space Hulk is a two player game, or it could conceivably play with more, but it's basically a two player game. A lot of the games I do like, I, and as I said before, I like them for kind of that four person sweet spot. Is where I for board games. Sometimes for me, board games more so than RPGs because a board game has a set flow. <clears throat> Excuse me of how fat the pacing. The pacing is a turn consists of X number of things. Then the next goes on to the next person. You have X number of actions you can take in a turn. Um, after I get past four to after I get past four players, depending on the complexity of the game, it bogs down for me. Mm. It just the, the pacing just starts to drag. And I know some of those games you could play with six, eight people. I'm like, no fucking way. I can't. I mean, I can run if I'm, <clears throat> excuse me, if I am running or you've got a, a good GM running a game, you've got six people playing an, an RPG, you can keep things going. You can keep the pace happening. You can bop and do and different things. You can control that. But a board game is more set. It's a little more rigid in its rule structure, or I should say a lot more rigid, in my opinion. Um, and if a turn has five actions, five actions times eight players, I got 40 different actions you know, every, every round, my God, that's a lot of stuff. And if that's not, if you're really not into that, that can, it can take a long time. So I tend to look for when I play a board game, I want it to, or a card game, five people, maybe tops, some more in that four player sweet spots, kind of where I'm at. I think it depends on the setup too. Some can take an hour to set up. That's access true. Axes and allies can be kind of a major pain. I hate that fucking game. You know, yeah. I've, I've played I've tr I have played that game at least a dozen times. I've never finished one because we all get so fucking bored we just quit. Well, usually you've got somebody over a barrel and then you just kind of really roll and then it comes down to like two main forces. Yeah. It's a more complicated setup than risk, which is similar yes, to risk. Of course it is. Yeah. <laughs> But we should, also, be, we should wrap this up soon, though, Brett. Yeah, we should. We definitely should. I, I'll tell you what, though. Some of the games, Wayne, uh, our Star Wars buddy here, who we uh, kidnapped and drugged to Madison, these Star Wars games, Imperial Assault, X-Wing, Rebellion, um, I've not yeah, played. I've got X-Wing, never played it. I've not played those, and we got to get we got to hook up with Wayne and get some of those going, man, because I've not played them. I've heard nothing but amazing things about them. I'm not even a huge Star Wars guy, and I think they'd be a blast. Yeah, I agree. 
Anyway, we could probably rattle on like this for hours and hours. I apologize. Well, maybe I don't apologize. <laughs> this is kind of what we do. <laughs> anyway, if you guys have, uh, if you folks out there, if you've got good board game card games that you want to talk about or you, you think we should, if you'd like us to dig into one a little bit further, if you said, hey, Brett, or Sean mentioned this Lords of Waterdeep, could you give me a, a bit better rundown? I'd, we'd be more than happy to do a deeper dive into something. That could be kind of cool. Uh, we've not talked about board games and card games before, except in passing. So this is kind of a intro into the types of things that Sean and Brett are interested in. And uh, if this episode's a complete bom- bomb or a dog, we'll never bring it up again, I swear. <laughs> anyway, Sean, anything from you, sir? No, let us know what you're playing. or If you were to say, like, you, you got to play this one game before you die, let us know what it is. Yeah, that'd be cool. You can write us at GamingNBS uh, at gmail.com, Twitter, Facebook, Google+, or even just on our website, believe it or not, we have one, and you can comment there. Just let us know what that is. I'm sure we've missed some cool games. I know I've I've played well, others that I'm not thinking of. There's, there's tons thousands. of them. Yeah. There's so many good ones. All right, let's get into die roll. Two to four miscellaneous points of gaming or geekery we want to share with you. Brett's got three. I've got four. I do outdo Brett again. I mean, it's just so <laughs> routine. Well, I gotta carry I gotta carry all the weight earlier in the show, man. I get tired by this time. <laughs> anyway, so um, I posted this on our Google Plus stream, and I just wanted to call it out again. There is a amazing video out there on YouTube, but why Hero Quest is the best game ever. The best thing about Hero Quest is the gargoyle. It, I Mythwits. I was on the Mythwits yeah. last week, and somebody mentioned that video, and now I see it everywhere. Like it's, ever since it was mentioned, literally the next day, it was like, I just we just mentioned that. Now it's like in my Facebook stream and yeah, my Google Plus streams. Like it, it's you hilarious. Probably, I'll tell you, man. You pr- folks have probably seen it. If you haven't, it'll be a link in the show notes. It is a hoot. The guy does other unboxings and reviews and things out there on YouTube as well. But this is by far my favorite at this point. <clears throat> Excuse me. I had mentioned a bubblegum shoe being available uh, or coming soon, I should say, back in the day when I first heard about it. It's by Evil Hat Productions. It is kind. It's basically the. It's the Scooby Kids yeah, using the gumshoe system. It is, I think, of that type of high school. Um, it's you know, it's investigative role playing. It's using the gumshoe system, but think about yeah, you know, Scooby and the gang, or um, uh, Buffy, I think as well, possibly. So it looks kind of cool. I think it, it. Anyway, it's out there. Go out there. Link in the show notes. Evil Hack Games. It's available. Check it out. The other one I have is there is a massive horde of crabs beneath the ocean. Outside of Australia, there is a that, horde of giant spider crabs amassed that, in the waters off the Australian city of Melbourne. I thought you were going to say my pants. Hey, oh, way to go, Gus. Anyhow, there's hundreds of thousands of these crabs that migrate to Australia's southern shores when the ocean waters cool. It's just gigantic. Um, somebody was, um, was like, um, deep sea diving, they went and they're like, you know, I was like. Hundreds of yards, and there was no end to them. Some of the pictures online are just amazing. So this this just brings to my mind, I think of all the under... Back in the day, my buddy Eric Schaefer used to run D&D for us, and Schaefer hated waterborne adventures. He hated them for well, a passion. So the easiest way to, for us to get from point A to point B was say, we take a boat, you go, oh, fuck, fine, you're there. We always gave him shit for this. But now when I think about this, I look at shit like this horde of crabs, and I think, you know what fun that would be if there was just a horde of, you know... 
locoths or some nasty, obnoxious horde of something. Either under the sea, on land, this lemming concept of just tons and tons of things. In somebody's pants. It, it, conceivably. But I think uh, it's it's cool. <laughs> this is this is huge thing. Anyway, I think it's fun. It's just one way to make these small, something really small be either terrifying or a huge problem for a group of people. In your pants. It, oh, my God. <laughs> this is... <laughs> It would, this is, this it would be good. horrible. It would, yeah, yes, it would be, Sean. All right, moving on. All right, my turn. Rue Inc., fine art for a sophisticated geek. This came up in my Google Plus stream and specifically adventuring book covers. So if you want to get book covers for your like play, player's handbook, Dungeon Master's Guide, Monster Manual, um, they've done some custom artwork. There's other things on the site that you could take a look at. I thought it was pretty cool. Check it out. I'm looking at this right now. Dude, these look amazing yeah they look really cool uh number two 12 random encounters uh, i can't recall actually well i'll tell you right now it's the creatures spotlight or creature spotlight that blog spot um came up with 12 random encounters it's literally like two three sentences long boom there 12 encounters uh number three 2.5 dimensional not three not two but right in the middle and virtual tabletop modular sci-fi tile set number one. So I thought it was kind of cool because it's kind of a isometric uh, tile set. A print, uh, and, a print and paste. Print and paste, or you can use it in a virtual tabletop like Roll20 or huh. Fantasy Grounds. Um, also, the proceeds goes to a charity. What charity does it go to, Brett? Phoenix Children's Hospital Foundation. The, the Phoenix Children's Hospital Foundation. And it is a link. Uh, it is an affiliate link. Uh, so I put that out there. So if you do buy it through the link that we post, it, it we get a little bit of some, something from drive through. So if you buy that set, um, not only will you give us a little something, something, but it also goes to that charity of their choice. Um, that's like win, win, and win. And then number four, if we're talking about board games, and if, unless you're, and then if you're not familiar because you're not in the board game scene. You got to go to Board Game Geek. Absolutely. It's got all of them rated. They trade them and everything, and they've ranked them, and they all kinds of stuff. Like, if it's board games, it's Board Game Geek. Absolutely. It's a really good site. I went there today looking for stuff. My buddy, Zave, who's a huge board game guy, it's like, you know, permanent bookmark type of thing. He's always there. Yeah. stuff. Yeah. They link to all kinds of different things. Like, so if it says about a game, they'll link multiple links that have to do with that game, like actual plays and all that other stuff on YouTube. It's a really good resource for board games. Number, that's right, number five. I got five this, bam, Brett. It's all over it, man. Mic drop, I'm out of here. Number five, Dice Tower. So if you want to know about tutorials um, and you want to learn about that, Dice Tower, I would say, is like the number two, number one uh, board game resource that's out there. A lot of videos, I think they actually have a podcast. Yep, Dice Tower Podcast. It's ranked like in the top 100 or something like that under gaming. It, it may even be in the top 10. Um, I mean, as passionate as Sean and I and other people are about RPGs, yes, their board game passion is insane. The collector levels and board games and so forth, it's <laughs> equal to or greater than what uh, we, we in the RPG world are into. Yeah, and it's really cool nowadays because back in the day, we would have to like read the rules, 
futz through the rules. Now you can like watch a YouTube video and get even a better concept because you can see them in action, which I think is cool. Like the first thing I do to understand a game is, or if I want to buy one, is just YouTube it and see what that looks like. So good point. It's good yes. stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, continuing on this show sponsored by Gamehole Con, a tabletop gaming convention occurring in Madison, Wisconsin this November. So get your ass to Gamehole Con and visit GameholeCon.com for more info. We're going to be there in full force. Absolutely. We hope, to, we hope you can make it. And and if not this year, maybe next year. Um, we don't think it's closing anytime soon, so maybe the year after that. It would be great. It's yes. fun. Talk about board games. I've got plenty of that going on. I think the guys are going to get the board game library back again. There's, t- I mean, there's gaming all over the place there. It's it's just awesome. So, Brett, what are we playing? Or what are we playing? What are we talking about next week? Next week, we're going to talk about random encounters. Right, Ran- random encounters. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're going to take it right to the back to the start of the show and get right into it. No, we're going to talk about random encounters in the games. Uh, kind of digging through the old. Uh, uh, charts. I was reading some old school modules and thinking about them, and something we need to talk about. So it'll be fun. Well, excellent. I can't. Hey, I can't wait, Brett. Neither can I. Hey, this show brought to you by patrons like Joe Swick, Kevin Lovecraft, Steve Day, Old School DM, Christian Sexy Voice Serrano, Jeff Rodemacher, Forrest Gary, Mister Director Mark, Brett's biggest fan, Mark Anthony Benedetti, Tony Baker, Palladian, Corey Wynn, Bruce Cunnington, Eric Jeppesen, Andy Hall, Sean Nicholson, Tim Jensen, Chris Steele, the Knights of the Night Crew, Jason the Beard Playlock. Remy Bilodeau, Jason Hobbs Hobbs, Mark Tasaka, Mirko Froilich, and Wayne Lumrunner Humphrey. Thanks for all your support. We appreciate it. Absolutely. I may also add, we are sponsoring uh, Queen City Conquest. Yes, we are. We do have, uh, we're getting in on that action. So if you're available uh, in September and fall into the Niagara Buffalo area, you will see our mugshots in their program. We're supporting their con out there. They do good work, and we wanted to throw them a couple bucks and hopefully maybe turn some people from the Niagara Buffalo area onto the show. So supporting gaming where we can. Absolutely. If you can get there, by all means. Do it. Otherwise, I'm one of your hosts, Sean. And I'm Brett. Good night, good game and all.